Tris is out in Portland. Ryan Nick back in D.C. Closing in on week two of the NFL uh, preseason. We'll get to some of those early lines a little bit later in the show. But we sit here now and we look at uh, some quarterback news getting out. Uh, we got running backs signing with teams over the last couple of days. You're starting to see now what teams look like and what their offenses could look like, even though after we just had one preseason game. Uh, you, you get an idea now of where these rookies are standing. And I think we can agree. They're all going to start. They're all going to play this entire year unless they get hurt. And these teams are going to just throw them to the wolves and say, here you go. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, I just I can't wait for uh, week two of the preseason, though, to be honest with you. Plenty of bets that we got to get going here, Nick. All right. Eric Eager is the VP of Sumer Sports, also host of the Sumer Sports Show. And let's start with that news, Eric, about uh, Anthony Richardson getting the starting nod in Indianapolis. Like I, this this really isn't a surprise, but at the same time you go, guys really raw. It's going to be an up and down season, especially probably early on with him. What are your thoughts on just looking at the Indianapolis Colts? Let's say just the first quarter of the season knowing that he's going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean I I think that there's there's some value in young quarterbacks that can run the ball. Um and we've seen this a little bit in some of like the tracking data type stuff where when you look at how linebackers move, when there's a Lamar Jackson or uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields or even you know Trevor Lawrence, uh, Daniel Jones type player, like the linebackers stay pretty stationary. And you know I think when I look at the Colts, I think that they're going to be a team that actually is able to take advantage of that take advantage of that advantage because um, you know when you look at their schedule, their their schedule is the fourth easiest in the NFL per my numbers. Like every game is a point easier on the point spread on average than the average team and that like when you look at last year if you look at the same kind of vibes it's like the Giants last year the Washington Commanders last teams that like weren't that good but went over and, and in the case of the Giants made the playoffs I'm not saying that the Colts are going to make the playoffs but I think when you look at like a season win total of six and a half seven that that kind of area you look at one that I particularly like which is over two and a half division wins at minus 150 um, those are the kind of plays I want to look at because especially if you're playing in the sandbox that is the AFC South, uh, you're going to get some, you know, wins running, doing like non-traditional things like running the football with the quarterback and, and playing okay defense. And I think that this team can actually do that. And when you look at Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen got Justin Herbert to rookie of the year. And then he got Jalen Hurts to the Super Bowl, where he was basically like one really great second half from Patrick Mahomes away from winning the MVP. I'm curious what you think about uh, this Zeke pickup for New England season. Uh, we've seen a little bit more hype on them because of that, all uh, the Corey Dillon sort of history, how Bill Belichick sort of ran him to the into the ground, but he, he was pretty effective and he was used a lot. Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson's still there. Like, Do you think that this is meaningful for their season, or should we write New England off? I think it's probably the, if you needed any more motivation to bet Ramondre Stevenson rushing unders I think this is it right like any any Belichick running back and I, I can't remember what the, I can't if they reissued the number or not but the last time I looked it was kind of near in the high 800s like the last time that you could reliably bet a running back for the Patriots to go over like 750 yards is is a long time ago and probably all the way back to Dylan um, and so to me that's the one place I look I think Zeke is good at a lot of stuff he's good at blocking he's good at you know, um, catching the ball out of the backfield, being a sure-handed guy. I don't think he has some of the characteristics that's going to make him a starting running back for Belichick. Namely, he fumbles too much, and he's not that explosive anymore. And we've seen, by the way, we've seen Belichick 
sign high price guys that and everybody's like oh he's on to something and then he just bails on him like chad ochocinco played like you know played like 10 snaps a game for him back in 2011 <laughs> joey galloway was cut like he's albert hainsworth was a nothing player for them like there is also a, a small chance that zeke doesn't do much of anything for this team even though they signed him to what they signed him to because salary cap dollars this time of year are not as meaningful as a similar investment would be in april where the opportunity costs another player uh, Eric, sticking with the AFC East, actually, the Bills a little bit better than even money right now, plus 130. That Patriots price is plus 750. The Jets plus 250, and then Miami plus 275. Where are you at with the Bills coming into the season? Uh, Dalton Kincaid looked really good, obviously. Uh, looks really good here as a rookie, but where are you at with them on the defensive side of the ball, mainly that pass rush? Yeah, I mean, the Bills are my the Bills are my Super Bowl pick. I, I, they just have the same vibes as like a team like the Colts did two decades ago where – they're a great team, best team in the league, but they always yeah. get beat in the playoffs for some random reason. And everybody's like, oh, this team can't get over the hump. And like, of course, a team can't get over the hump until they do. And so this year, I think everybody likes Cincinnati. Everybody, of course, likes the Chiefs uh, in the AFC, you know, da- you know, Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco in the NFC. I-, I like the Bills as kind of a dark horse. And I look at their defense. The only issue for me is what are they going to do at that second corner? Is Kahir Elam, you know, is he is he good enough out of Florida to, to secure that starting spot? At safety, they Micah Hyde was injured for a lot of last year. At linebacker, they lost Edmonds, which is which is going to be tough. They didn't really replace him. They're just kind of doing the whole running backs don't matter, but on the linebacker side to replace Edmonds. Defensive line, Vaughn is of course really really important, but they do have guys like Ed Oliver who they just signed it, you know, who signed and they probably have big things for, um, you know, Rousseau, uh, you know, Epine- like guys like that. I think can rush the passer. It, the one sticky part is that Leslie Frazier retired, and now it's yep. going to be McDermott. McDermott's been a great kind of traditional CEO-type coach since he's joined Buffalo. Um, how will he do as a play caller? He was great in Carolina, but that was a long time ago. To me, those are like the question marks that they have to resolve defensively. But I don't think as much has changed about the Bills, um, actually, versus what has changed in the public opinion uh, among people. And even the betting lines, last year they were about 5 or 6 to 1 at this time. Now they're nine to one, ten to one. Like I, I just think that delta is so much bigger than than the reality for the Bills. Talking to Eric Eager, BetMGM tonight. Uh, what can you take away from putting Anthony Richardson aside? Some of the other rookie quarterbacks and the, the little bit, uh, the very obviously little bit that we've seen so far from you know a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, or even an Aiden O'Connell. I guess at this point for the Raiders, what are some of the things you've been able to take away that are either positives or negatives in this small sample size so far in the preseason? Yeah, I'm not sure why they started Stroud the other day, just because they were without their tackles. And, like, Stroud, that's the worst offensive line Stroud's ever played for, both college and pro. And and he's already with the worst receiving core he's ever going to have, right? Like, at, in, at Ohio State, he had much better targets than he's going to have in Houston. So that one I worry about, and it exasperated itself on, uh, what is it, Friday night when – or Thursday night when he, like, was sacked and threw a pick on the first drive. I kind of throw that data away, but it is concerning. The one quarterback to me that was, you know, kind of in a rich get richer situation. I thought Tanner McKee for the Philadelphia Eagles was fantastic. I thought yeah. he like looked the part. I thought he was, you know, on time. You know, he's big, strong kid. Uh, I thought that that was encouraging for them. And it's like, why do they need a backup quarterback? You know, with all these teams that could use one quarterback, they now have two. Um, that one to me was the most positive, and and it, and to me it curbs a little bit of some of the the injury concerns that you would have about the Eagles should you know uh, should Jalen Hurts get hurt in, in his style of play. 
You you talk about like the Seattle Seahawks last year kind of came out of nowhere. People thought without Russell Wilson that they were going to take a step back with Geno, and they have all those weapons. And Geno plays you know the best he ever has in his career. Who do you think is this year's Seattle Seahawks surprise team finds a way into the playoffs than we're not expecting? Uh, it's a similar it's a similar trajectory. I actually think Green Bay is that team. Um, and Green Bay, you know, kind of similar trajectory where they were very good. And then, you know, last year with the last year with their like Hall of Fame quarterback, they fall off a little bit. They miss the playoffs. And then they trade away that quarterback. And everybody's like, oh, it's a reset season. And, you know, we all kind of missed. And I, and I don't blame anybody. Like, no one saw Geno Smith being good. Um, but, they, but I think a similar quarterback in Jordan Love could be that way. And the way that I've kind of said it is, all the Packers really wanted Aaron Rodgers to do the last four years under Matt LaFleur was to color in the lines. And in like 2020 was like the quintessential color within the lines. And then when the, the situation gave rise to it, he was a great artist. In, in last year, he just wanted to be an artist the entire time. And, you know, you can we can joke about that as well with his off the field stuff. But like he wanted to be an artist. And I think that Matt LaFleur just wants Jordan Love to color in the lines. And this offense, when you look at the line, you look at the running backs, some of the young receivers a little concerning. But if if Jordan Love just hits that back foot and throws the thing that's open, I think he's good enough for this team in a bad NFC to make the playoffs. And and at 4-1, to one, I think that's the best divisional bet on the board. Yeah, Eric, you bring up a bad mm-hmm. NFC. Where are you at with Dallas this season? I'm pretty high on Dallas. I like, you know, obviously the Brandon Cooks pickup. If Michael Gallup could go back to be in 2019, Michael Gallup before the torn ACL, I think the offense is going to, you know, be just as fine uh, without Kellen Moore. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I really like the Stephon Gilmore pickup. What do you think about Dallas this year? Yeah, defensively, they're awesome. They have so many players who can do so many things. And I think Dan Quinn is sort of, you know, living through a renaissance in his own scheme with all those multiple players and stuff. So on the defensive side of the ball, I have no concerns. Kellen Moore is a big loss, but I, I agree. Like, last year they franchise tag Dalton Schultz, and they had so few deep threats that he could not get open enough where, like, they basically just let him walk. He was so ineffective in that offense. Now at least you get Brandon Cooks in there. and you, you Like, the deep threat that doesn't necessarily need eight targets a game is a really valuable to an offense. You see that in Kansas City with Valdez Scantling. You see that, um, you know, with Will Fuller when he was at Houston. Like, their on-off spits when Will Fuller was on the field were tremendous. And I think Cooks, at the very least, provides that for this offense. And then C.D. Lamb, who had a really good year last year, can be even more effective. Uh, Ferguson, the tight end out of Wisconsin, can be kind of a three-down, you know, inline tight end, uh, you know, the old-school variety. And then, yeah, as you said, with Gallup. And then I think Pollard, you know, Pollard was a 1,000-yard all-purpose back the last two years with starting just four games. And last year, a lot of it was rushing, but this... But there was also a lot of receiving mixed in. He was the best, you know, most explosive receiving back that they had. So I w- I'm positive on – I think there are three definitively good teams in the NFC, San Francisco, Dallas, and Philadelphia. And and Dallas, to me, like, could very well, you know, compete for that one seed, especially if you see some, you know, uh, perturbations for, for uh, Philadelphia with their coaches uh, both going to different head coaching jobs and that kind of thing. You know, Eric, the, the back end of the NFC potential playoff picture just feels like there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of different teams. I, I look at the Saints and see a team that was top 10 in total defense last year. If I remember, I think it was sixth off the top of my head. We, great defense, but they lacked, obviously, things offensively when it comes to stability at quarterback. And people are up and down maybe about Derek Carr, but the reality of it is it's an upgrade from Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and everybody that they've had there over the past couple of years. When you look at the Saints now, what's the ceiling for this team? Because I think their win total has been around 9.5 at most places. To me, that feels like it could be a 10-win team, partially because of the schedule, partially because of the vision, but in reality, they, they are, on paper, better than where they were last year yeah I think that 
Yeah, Derek Carr is an upgrade for sure. I don't know how much of one. Carmichael had a good game the other day against the Chiefs. It was it was a very uh, crisp effort for them, both on first string and second string. Um, Michael Thomas comes back. That helps a lot. Olave is terrific. Uh, and, and Kamara, you know, is, is there. Also, Daryl Williams, a, a good pickup from Kansas City. The offensive line's good. Yeah, there's a lot going there. Derek Carr always seems to be the kind of guy, though, that is like that Usher video where you put a lot of things around him and you expect <laughs> things to be good. And he's like, watch this. And they go seven and ten. So I'm always like a little skeptical of Derek Carr as a Chiefs fan. Like I just I just don't see it ever. And when I'm looking at this division, I'm looking at Carolina at seven to two, uh, maybe Atlanta at, at plus two two uh, two ten. I'm not going to bet the Saints, but I think the Saints have a really high ceiling. They have the second easiest schedule in the NFL this year, only behind the Falcons. I see Denver in that first preseason game, and and boy, did it feel exactly like last year with a new head coach. Anemic offensively, uh, their entire starting unit was on the field for four straight drives, and yet it was just a mess. Is this something that we can use and take something away from, or is this just a new coach who's you know ironing some things out? I'm not sure. They played Russ, and you want to see Russ play, and he did have a touchdown drive, but ultimately it was against the backups, what will be the worst team in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. So it's not that encouraging. I'm a big Sean Payton fan. We talk about the Saints. Two years ago, Sean Payton took a team that had Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, uh, uh, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston and took them to 9-8. and eight. Like That's a feat in and of itself. So if, if anybody can unlock Russell Wilson, I think it's him. The problem is, is I don't know if anybody can unlock him. He was a league average passer when you gave him play action and when you didn't pressure him last year. League average among you know the easiest set of dropbacks. And so even if like Sean Payton were to do all run all the good plays, as as we say, like play action and, and max protect and all that, I just don't know if he can take advantage of it. If he can, then being two to one to make the playoffs in the AFC is maybe the best dark horse bet. But again, it all hinges on what your opinion of Russell Wilson is. Eric, we only got about 60 seconds. You brought up Atlanta having the second easiest schedule. Where are you at with them this season in the South? Um, everything's good except for Desmond Ritter, I think. And and Desmond Ritter, I, I reserve you know judgment on him. But when you have a top 10 pick at wideout, tight end, and running back, and an offensive line, my boss Thomas Dimitrov drafted all those guys. Like there, there's like three you know all pros on that offensive line. Yeah. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be hard to be bad offensively when you have an easy schedule you can build an offense around the running game better than if you don't because you're going to be ahead more. Um, so I, I do think Atlanta should win that eight or nine games that all the, sh- you know, nine games that all the sharp betters want them to win because they, they push that number up from even money all the way to minus 122. Uh, I think they'll get there. I, I'm not going to bet it. I just, but I do think that they get there. It's just a little bit too uh, strenuous for me to bet uh, Desmond Ritter in the NFL. It's amazing to think heading into last year, we looked at the Falcons and said, God, they could win like three games. And now we're going, they're a quarterback away potentially. And maybe if Desmond Ritter's decent, who knows? It's it's remarkable what they've constructed over there this quickly. Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Great talking to you again, my friend. Hey, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is a team that you look at and say, just, just have a decent quarterback. Just decent quarterback play from Desmond Ritter. And you yeah. don't feel that bad about their season, especially in that conference. Eric talked me into a big bet. I'm trying Uh-oh. to place it right now. It won't accept. We'll see if I can get it down the street, though. We'll wait, and we'll find out what We're that bet run, is next. Trista. It's bet MGM tonight.